0: You are listening to the Coming Out Tapes, an audio archive of LGBTQ stories. I am your curator, Karis Bradley. Uh, welcome to the Coming Out Tapes, an audio archive of LGBTQ coming out stories. Today, I am talking to Alfredo, who's very kindly um, agreed to share uh, his story with us. Um, so, I'll just turn it over to you and allow you to introduce yourself um, and the words that you use to describe your sexuality and your gender.
1: Hi, I'm Alfredo. I am an astrophysicist. I'm a gay man. Uh, I'm cisgender. I um, am Italian. I'm an immigrant uh, to science communication and this is pretty much me.
0: So you're an astrophysicist before you're a gay man. That's the order that you you share the things about yourself.
1: I, well, I came out as an astrophysicist before I came out as a gay man. Uh, And I think that matters because uh, um, when I started coming out, I was actually questioning if I should stay in science because I couldn't uh, see anyone um, LGBT visible in science back then. And uh, so I always uh, say astrophysicists yeah, sort of first.
0: When did you realize that you were a scientist and then when did you realize that you were gay?
1: I realized that I was, uh, well, a scientist uh, since very little and at the same times I realized that I was different. Uh, I was being from a tiny catholic uh, uh, town uh, in the middle of Italy. Uh, it took me a long time to come out uh, and even even my experience in school I was mostly bullied because I was a nerd and smart and always asking questions to the teachers and everything there were some homophobic bullying, but it was more on the fringe side rather than the main source of my discontent. Um, and uh, yeah, so I always known that I was different, uh, but it took me until uh, my second year of university to actually come out.
0: Like, when was the first time that you said that you were gay to yourself, do you think?
1: In those terms, it's probably just before I came out. It was. Uh, uh, I felt uh, when I admitted it to myself, uh, then I didn't want to live a lie anymore, and in fact, I came out to pretty much everyone I cared about uh, in the space of two months. Wow. It was just like, uh, no, I, I already wasted too much time. It's, uh, it's like this, and uh, um, just told everyone.
0: So why do you think that it maybe took you? until that point in your life before you came out to yourself and then to everyone else?
1: Oh, um, definitely internalized homophobia. Uh, it's... I never had a problem with uh, the idea of gay people uh, and uh, uh, the fact that there were gay people in the world. Uh, I would even um, define myself as somebody that was uh, uh, quite... Uh, Very, like, uh, LGBT defender in high school, though I got the, sort of, the front end of the stick on uh, uh, bullying, but uh, I never saw myself, it's not, it wasn't for me, it's just like, uh, oh, yes, sometimes I think about guys, but that's, that's not a big deal, it's, uh, it's something that I couldn't accept in myself, uh, uh, until I did.
0: So who was the first person that was not yourself that you came out to? And how did you do it?
1: Um, was uh, my flatmate at the time. So she um, had uh, um, her birthday just uh, the night before. And she invited um, lots of people, including this extremely attractive man. And he was flirting with me the entire night. And so much that pretty much all the other flatmates... Uh, were coming to me and telling me, "Oh, uh, you might be leading that guy on. Like it's mm, I think he's flirting with you and you're not realizing." And I admitted to myself that I was gay just a few days before. So I was just like, "Haha, no. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. No, I I have no idea." And uh, we I kept chatting with this guy and I just like uh, I I need to find I need to find this guy. And This was uh, just at the beginning of uh, the social media revolution. So I had no idea how to get in touch with the guy. So I had to come out to my friend. (laughs) And it was hilarious because I came out to her and she just went, oh, okay, okay, I thought it was uh, um, something boring. Now, I'm going to get you uh, that guy's number, uh, but you need to help me sort out my love life (laughs) So okay, sounds good. Sounds uh, like a fair deal. It turns out, he wasn't gay. What? I know it was uh, like uh, so disappointing. What a twist! It was a twist. Surprisingly, though, even more surprisingly, he was at my future alma mater, Imperial College. Everything is connected.
0: Have you like spoken to him since that night about what happened?
1: Uh, no, I met him once when I was. Uh, um, applying for uh, my master at Imperial College. Uh, I don't think he recognized me, but I haven't seen him since, uh, and I'm not sure I would uh, like I would recognize. Him. It's been 11 years. Uh, sorry, 11 years was a lie. It's been 12 years.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so I just I feel like you should find him and be like, I came out to get your number, and then you weren't gay. I. Maybe maybe he also wasn't out at the time and then... But I suppose you're, like, happily married now, so <laughs> it doesn't really matter.
1: Yes, I am happily mar- married. Um, and, uh, well, the guy was ginger and Chris doesn't really like ginger uh, guys. So I'm not sure if I can convince Chris, like, I need to go and find this guy. It's important for... Uh, well, for this podcast, apparently, <laughs> and... <laughs> for uh, just your sort of com- uh, come full circle about my accepting my homosexuality.
0: Yeah, I think if the audio archive doesn't work, I'm going to rebrand as like one of those lost loves kind of sections in newspapers. And I'll re-find old flames. Um, okay, so you came out to your flatmates first, so like your kind of uni life, and... Mm-hmm. Um, are you out to your family? Are you out to your job? Are there parts of your life where you're, you're not out?
1: Uh, I'm out to everyone. I um, felt very strongly that I didn't want to lie uh, anymore. Not because uh, being in the closet uh, for a certain reason is bad. Uh, there are situations which, unfortunately, even today, people have to be in the closet for their safety. But I am... Uh, Extremely privileged and there's no denying I uh, Well, obviously it's a podcast, so you don't know that I'm white so (laughs) that is uh, Definitely one of the privilege I already mentioned that I am male and I'm cisgender another uh, big set of privilege Um, I have uh, a Good job uh, that allows me to do lots of things. Uh, I have a family that uh, uh, supported me through my coming out uh, and always uh, before and after and so I am extremely privileged. I can be completely myself everywhere without worrying too much about... Uh, uh, consequences. Uh, work is great, uh, all my family knows, uh, all my family doesn't care, and even if anyone would care, I'd probably just drop them from my life. I wouldn't think twice, and I know that I'm fortunate.
0: You mentioned at the beginning that you when you first came out you weren't really sure if you were gonna stay in science um because you haven't seen very many people like you within your field um so are you have you found that it was like maybe harder to come out within science than it was in other parts of your life
1: uh complicated it's uh, I don't think I am a good example in that because uh, uh once I just uh, ac- accepted that uh, I'm going to do it, I'm going to be a gay scientist, even though I didn't know any other gay scientist at the time, I, I didn't care uh, being, uh, like, the first. Uh, I knew that I wasn't the first, uh, I, but it just, uh, I just felt a little bit. Uh, and it also felt that uh, there was nobody in science that I could see myself into, but uh, that uh, also science wouldn't uh, accept me and I would be uh, it would be better for me to serve our community outside of science um, But then uh, I did it uh, and uh, I start I started meeting uh, LGBT people in science. Um, at first it was mostly um, undergrads or, uh, or PhD students on my level so I st- still felt that I didn't have uh, somebody to sort of uh, look up, look towards, uh, uh, but then I started meeting more and more people, uh, and thanks to Twitter, I found out there was a huge world out there of uh, incredibly talented and passionate uh, LGBT scientists. And I think that played a role uh, in... uh, um, A few years ago, I started... uh, Uh, a charity um, to help uh, uh, bring forward uh, um, LGBT people uh, in science called Pride in STEM, and our idea was just to bring visibility and everything, because uh, I was working in science, I absolutely adore history of science, seeing the people behind the science, Uh, and I had such little knowledge of LGBT scientists, and so I feel that... uh, going to be people that uh, don't even know that there are LGBT scientists. There is such a thing as an LGBT scientist, or an engineer, or a mathematician, or um, a tech person. Uh, There's so much that we can do uh, to promote this visibility. Um, So in my personal experience, I wouldn't say that it was more difficult to come out in science, but I can sympathize with people that have struggled, because I can. I think... for me was out of stubbornness of uh, not uh, uh, going back into the closet uh, but again, I could get away with that uh, because I had privilege people that uh, don't have that uh, might uh, struggle and might consider coming back in, into the closet going back into the closet actually is uh, uh, easier or safer or better for them
0: um so if you had to pick. Of all of the times that you've come out to people any memorable good stories or memorable bad
1: stories which stories would you share so um again I'm lucky I had uh, no particularly bad stor- story but coming out so I had a couple of uh eh, uh reaction but nothing bad uh but I think my favorite uh Would be coming out to my immediate family Um, because it's just really funny. Uh, So the plan uh, when I came out to my
0: a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: I've I was in London for my year abroad, um, and I came out in, uh, um, in February, and I was going back early April for Easter. And so I just decided, okay. I have six weeks to just find the words to tell my parents. I had no idea how they react. Absolutely not. But I have an older sister who's absolutely amazing, and she was She's all been super supportive, and I knew that she was going to be fine. So I text her, um, asking her if she was going to pick me up at the airport. She said, "Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll come pick you up." So get on the flight, just sagging myself out to tell my sister first, because even though I knew that she was going to be fine, she was going to be the first uh, member of my family that I was going to tell her, it was a big deal. Arrive at the airport, my parents are there, now my sister, and uh, the reason because for some reason she decided to go clubbing, I never seen her go clubbing before, but it's okay, and I just spent... 40 uh, minutes in the car with my parents listening to Abba Gold, which was a good, uh, um, nice just exposition on uh, the kind of uh, uh, music that uh, um, they would make me listen to, so I could blame uh, uh, that on uh, them. We arrived home, and I'm just like, okay, I need to tell them, I need to tell them, I cannot wait another day. So I just say, "Hey guys, can you come into the living room? Uh, can you sit down a minute?" And I just told them. So dad, completely fine, and just like, would you like a glass of whiskey? Because it feels like you need a glass of whiskey. Mum, completely silent, just staring at me. Yeah. So I was like, "Mom, are you okay?" She just nods and says, mm, "Yeah." And then she start. First, she asked, "How do you know?" And at this point, my dad comes come back with two glasses of whiskey and look at my mom like, what the hell? And I was like, well, mom, something happened with boys that doesn't happen with girls. And I'm like, okay. And how long have you known? I was like, it's always been here, just now I can voice voices. And my dad continues to look at my mom like she's becoming a little bit insane. And finally, she tops all of that by saying, but how did I never notice it? And at that point, I was so emotionally stressed that my sarcasm just uh, kicks in. And I just go very seriously. Well, mother, you should have known because I'm the only one that noticed when you change your hair or move the uh, rugs around the house. Look, uh, She looks completely shell-shocked like I'm accusing her. And my dad needs to go like, is joking. That's him. That it's, that's what's wrong with him. Mom just stands up, give me a hug, say, "Oh, we love you." Nothing changed. That like, nothing changed. We don't care. Half an hour, my mom comes into my room. I thought she's crying, but she's crying because of laughter. <laughs> and so, but I didn't realize it was laughter. She was just like, i like, mom, it's alright." Say, like, "No, no, I need to tell you what was wrong." I like, what was wrong? Like, when she to- when you told me that. Uh, uh, you need to sit down because you need to tell us something. I was sure you knocked up a girl. (laughs) And the only thing in my head was we're going to take care of the baby. And I couldn't think of anything else. That is amazing. So that was uh, the story. And then uh, the morning after, um, although my sister came back home at three, I woke her up at nine, pulling the, the blinds up, waking her up and saying, oh, by the way, I'm gay. And she just like, Oh, God. are we going to tell mom and dad? I said, I told them last night. Where were you, bitch? <laughs> so, yes. Um, yes, it was uh, fun. And then she got back to me straight away. Because usually she's very uh, sleepy. But uh, she didn't appreciate uh, the swear. And she's just like, well, I always thought that uh, you liking Robin Williams wasn't really about the music. Uh
0: I thought you were going to say that you came out to your parents in the car on the way from the home from the airport, which is literally where I came out to my parents, in a car on the way home from the airport. And the last person I interviewed also came out to their parents in the car. And then I was going to have to change the name of the podcast to people who come out to their parents <laughs> in cars. And that was going to have to be the theme.
1: Actually, I thought about it, but the road from the airport... Uh, um, back home is the second most dangerous road in Italy and I thought better not risk it better let's do it in the comfort of our own home. Very sensible
0: um, Okay so final question um, question that you will maybe like the least being a scientist because it is the most sort of wishy-washy and least specific um, but uh coming out what does that phrase mean to you and how would you sort of describe it to someone who had never been told about the concept before
1: um don't mind that it's wishy-washy it's just that is um i think it's a very good question it's uh almost a philosophy of a queer theory um i think my idea of coming out changed uh, throughout my experience as a, as a gay man um I went from it being uh, nerve-wracking and uh, constant fear and that's what it is at the beginning is uh, uh, you're telling people part of you that for you is clear, evident and the most natural thing in the world and you fear that they're gonna judge you for that. It's literally just like in a way, being afraid that if you take off sunglasses, uh, people will judge you if you have blue eyes or brown eyes. Uh, it's uh, um, ab- absolutely rational, but it's what unfortunately society is for us, uh, at least for many of us. Um, then it became a sort of uh, when I became more confident in myself, it became a sort of badge of honor. I will, uh, and I still do keep my. Uh, my sexuality uh, on my sleeve because uh, it's important uh, part of who I am uh, influence my decision uh, uh, what I do, how I do it uh, it's crucial to my identity and it's important that I am upfront about it because since I have the, the privilege to uh, you not know, fear consequences uh, I can do that and I can do that for all the people that cannot. And in some part, uh, it also, there's bits in which I, it becomes annoying. Uh, in uh, um, I got married with Chris uh, just a few months ago and we went on honeymoon. Uh, we were in New Zealand for uh, 14 uh, days and we went through about 10 hotels to which I we had to come out pretty much Every single time, because every single hotel receptionist, although the, on the booking there was honeymoon special, ask if he wanted two separate bed because it was a double. And it became a little bit tiring to tell people, no, no, we're gay, we're gonna, uh, or no, no, we're on a honeymoon. Uh... And I think I'm losing a little bit of patience with that. Uh, it even happened uh, last week. I was uh, um, um, we work. Uh, we went to CERN, and uh, Chris and I were sharing a room. And uh, um, the guy at reception uh, was like, "Oh, I think there um, something wrong with your room. Uh, you um, are you have a double bed." It's like, "No, double bed is fine. We're happy with that. That is our choice." And uh, it's so it's uh, it's weird. Um, I think that is mostly... I don't know. I don't think they am particularly mask for mask. Uh, and at the same time, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want uh, uh, people just to stereotype him. But I feel that uh, if I book for a double, <laughs> I get a double without the... Oh, are you sure? Um, it's... Uh, I don't know, it's um, a weird uh, feeling uh, that I have currently about coming out. But uh, I feel that uh, once once you do it, when you really feel that you're true to yourself, it's incredibly empowering. It really goes from being the most stressful, nerve-wracking experience to the one that you just uh, can really tell people, even uh, when you expect them to... Uh, have negative reaction with uh, really not caring because you know how you know that that makes you true to yourself and you are not scared anymore of uh, other people opinion or reactions okay. <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for listening. Um, You've been listening to me, Karis Bradley. I'd like to say a couple of thank yous to the other people who've worked on this project. So Alex Lathbridge, who has helped with the hosting of the podcast and also the compiling of of the music that you've heard um, and to Scary Boots for creating our incredible artwork. Please subscribe review tell your friends spread the word Um, and if you want to get involved and be interviewed on the podcast then there's a link um, on the website and in the bio of our our twitter so there's a little form that you can fill out i hope you have a lovely day for sort of closeted LGBT scientists who don't have maybe the support network within science and they wanted to get involved with like Pride in STEM or to find other LGBT scientists. Do you have any like, was there anything that you learned or, oh, bollocks. Uh, was, was there anything that you learned during your journey or um, how, how would you suggest
1: that people get in contact with Pride in STEM for some support? Um, if you want to get in contact with Pride in STEM, get in touch with any of us trustees, um, directly through our um, Facebook, Twitter, uh, email, on the website. But it's not just us. Something that I absolutely love is that we are just one of so many organizations that do something for LGBT people in STEM. Uh, they're people that work more on uh, promoting the academic side, there are people that um, are helping, uh, creating network and uh, support. Uh, we do visibility. There is so much, but what I the only if you're struggling, there are people out there willing to help. I might not have the skills. We, as an organization, might not have the skill, but I know people, and I might put you in contact with the right person for you never feel that you're alone. That is the most important thing. Never feel that uh, you have nobody or that you, because you're going to start thinking that you are nobody and you're not. So get in touch, please. It's never a bother. I get so many people that start to like, oh, I'm really sorry to bother you. Really, We're probably really busy like, I am really busy, but if I can help you, even five minutes, That doesn't change my day. I can always postpone stuff. I'm really organized. I can do stuff. (laughs) So never consider that you're a bother because in one way or another, we all went through difficult times uh, and we understand it and we are happy to help.